Hello and welcome to the second podcast for the High North Dialogue 2015, a collaboration of the University of Newland, the University's High North Center for Business and Governance, and the Arctic Institute. We are speaking with attendees and speakers about their work, the High North Dialogue, and the conference themes of security and business in the Arctic. Thanks for joining us. I am Andreas Rosbotny. Today we are talking with Christine Halvorsson, Director of CITZERO, Center for International Climate and Environmental Research in Oslo. Christine Halvorsson was leader of the Socialist Left Party in Norway from 1997 to 2012 and served as a Minister of Finance and Minister of Education from 2005 to 2009 and 2009 to 2013 respectively. Dear Christine, thanks for joining us today. Let me start with our first question. The theme of the High North Dialogue 2015 is the Arctic in a global perspective, Arctic business and security. Being the director of a leading research institute on climate change and climate policy, what is your first association when you think of security in and security for the Arctic? Thank you. Um, uh, hello and thank you for uh, inviting me. I'd just like to explain to you what CISRO is working on because we are an interdisciplinary research institute. We have natural scientists and social scientists and we uh, work on research on climate issues from different angles. And the reason why uh, I'm at the conference and my role there is that uh, I'm going to highlight the consequences of climate change in the Arctic. And it's, of course, closely connected both to business and to security. And uh, we have a lot of information about this uh, area. It's very vulnerable. And the IPCC synthesis report tells us that since 1875, uh, the Arctic has warmed at a rate of 1.36 degrees century Celsius per century, and that is approximately twice as fast as the global average. Uh, all the climate scenarios in the IPCC report shows that there will be dramatic reductions in the Arctic sea ice. The same applies when it comes to near surface permafrost. The global glacial volume is also projected to significantly decrease. There will be similar increases in the global mean sea level by 2100, and I think between 0.25 and 0.8. And finally, the Arctic as a region will continue to warm more rapidly than the global mean. And that means, of course, that the climate change in the Arctic is far more dramatic than anywhere else in the world and closely connected to security issues. And of course, it affects all sectors. A term closely related to climate security is, at least in my understanding, sustainable development. In 1987, the Brundtland Report, Our Common Future, prominently defined the term sustainable development as development that need, meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Today, sustainable development has become a buzzword in the Arctic context that contains different meanings when used by different sectors and actors. 
how would you perceive and scrutinize the nexus of sustainable development and the well-known challenges and opportunities of a future Arctic? Has the term become somewhat of an empty concept used only to legitimize certain actions? Yeah, well, it's it's nothing wrong with the concept, but uh, we, of course, have to live up to it. And otherwise it will become an, an empty phrase. And of course, the change that we now can see in the Arctic uh, region is irreversible and, uh, and not living up to the content of sustainable development. Uh, that means that we have to be extremely careful uh, about all kinds of, of a business and activity in the region. And we need to more, know more about how different threats or different elements to that impact uh, the situation in Arctic, uh, we have to look closely into because the, there is a lot of different pressure. It's kind of a cocktail and it's, uh, it's not <laughs> uh, what was meant by sustainable development. Uh, maybe I should also mention to you that it's uh, it's a topical issue in Norway right now. Um, the government has decided to open blocks to oil and gas exploration further north in the Barents Sea. And uh, the discussion in the Norwegian um, medias and the parliament is, of course, if that is according to sustainable development. So I think we have to be very careful. The phrase sustainable development is not empty, but uh, we have we really have to live up to it. Norway's 23rd licensing round is actually part of my third question. Um, as a long-term policy and decision maker in Norway and now interested observer of the Norwegian political scene, how would you personally see the Norwegian Arctic future? especially related to the topical licensing round and the related opening of the southeastern parent sea. Yeah, well, we know from the latest IPCC report that uh, there is a carbon budget and that we have used more than half of it. And uh, the situation in the Barents Sea and further north is very vulnerable. So uh, I think that all climate researchers would agree that this is an area that we should not explore both because of the global uh, heating and greenhouse gas emissions and because this uh, part of the world is so uh, uh, yes, so vulnerable. So I think that there is a lot more attention now connected to the Arctic uh, than it was just 10, 20 years ago. It was important for the government, which I was a member of uh, in 2005, to highlight the situation and pay attention to the development uh, in the north. And that has been followed up by the new uh, conservative government. But I think that when it comes to explore oil and gas and to other activities in this uh, region, uh, the government should be confronted um, by the latest uh, IPCC uh, report. Uh, that is a part of the political debate. We are climate research and contribute with knowledge to that debate. Staying in the Barents Sea region, how do you see the current relationship with Norway and its Arctic neighbor? 
the Russian Federation, especially if you consider this relationship in terms of businesses, environmental concerns and security. The collaboration between uh, Russia and Norway in the north connected to the, our common border has increased tremendously. Um, just some few years back, it was really hard for Russians to come to Norway and the other way around. And I think that we are collaborating uh, well in the Arctic Council and about environmental uh, questions too. It's not that much affected by the conflicts uh, between Russia and NATO uh, as we could fare, because it's really very important that we have an open dialogue with the Russians uh, in the Arctic. So is it fair to say that Norway and Russia follow a very pragmatic and cooperative Arctic approach? Yeah, that is that is my experience uh, so far, um, and we hope that will uh, we hope that will uh, continue. And uh, because we have a lot of uh, common issues that we have to solve, and we have a lot of knowledge that it's very important that uh, is open both to uh, Russia and to Norway and to all the other uh, members of the Arctic countries. During the last years, big data has become a key term in our digital understanding of data collection and data management. Companies such as Facebook or Google have opened necessary server farms in Sweden and Finland in order to save energy based on the region's colder climate. But also in Iceland, businesses are putting much effort into the development of so-called green data centers. According to your opinion, could the Arctic or the broader north in general serve as a blueprint for related global considerations? Well, I think it's uh, it's interesting. And as you know, we have um, Svalbard International Seed Vault. Uh, that is not for business purposes. That is more like uh, to store and preserve genetic materials for humanity. But it's interesting because it's placed at Svalbard because of the climate. Um, but I think that we have to be very careful when it comes to Svalbard and uh, the most northern part of the Arctic region. It's another discussion when we discuss the north of Sweden or Finland or, or Iceland. But we have to be careful in this area because all kind of, of activities have a footprint. And uh, either when it comes to global emissions or when it comes to other kinds of activities. And because this part of, of the world is so vulnerable, I don't think that is the one solution for uh, business activity in the north. It, uh, it can be interesting if we do it wisely and consider uh, all consequences. Coming to our last two questions. Can you shortly describe Cicero's current Arctic engagement? and your related plans for the future? Yeah, we have uh, several applications uh, connected to the situation in Arctic because we need we need no, more knowledge about this, uh, this uh, very vulnerable uh, region. But we have uh, projects uh, going on uh, now connected to, for instance, black carbon in Arctic snow short-lived climate forces, what is really happening, connected to shipping, 
uh, and also connected to adapting to uh, to the climate changes in the uh, Arctic. So we are uh, collaborating closely with other research institutes to get more knowledge about this the situation in in the Arctic, and we try to connect our different disciplines to look into. Uh, the challenges, because we know if we work interdisciplinary, we can see the climate cha changes from different angles and come up with uh, with knowledge that is relevant to those who, who are making decisions. And final question now, what would you hope to be the main outcome of this year's High North Dialogue? Now, I hope that uh, when we uh, highlight security in the Arctic, Uh, the discussion will be about the climate situation because that is uh, really uh, the closest connected to the security situation in the years to come. It's very dramatic um, what is going on in the Arctic. It's closely connected to, uh, to the global uh, climate uh, development, but you can double the global warming in the Arctic from what is the mean global um, increased uh, temperature. And that makes it a very special situation. So climate issues and security is very closely connected in the Arctic. Well, Christine, thank you very much for taking the time to share your perspectives on the Arctic with us. We look very much forward to seeing you at the coming High North Dialogue Conference in Buda. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Follow along with the series on iTunes or via our websites highnorthdialogue.no and thearcticinstitute.org. In our third podcast, we will talk with Alexander Sergunin, professor at St. Petersburg State University. The music you have heard at the beginning and at the end comes from Heather Stephanie and can be found at ccmixture.org.